0: you are listening to the archaeology podcast network this is andy and you're listening to profiles in crm
1: welcome to profiles in crm episode 18 i'm your host chris webster profiles in crm asks crm professionals eight simple questions the answers vary wildly depending on their experience and education Because of the nature of contract archaeology and how small this field really is, some people choose not to reveal their name or the company they work for. Stay to the end of the show to hear how you can have a chance to answer these same questions. All right, what is your name and who do you work for?
0: Uh, My name is Andy and I work for Corn Island Archaeology.
1: Corn Island Archaeology, and that's in Kentucky, right?
0: Yes, Louisville, Kentucky.
1: Awesome. And how long have you been working in CRM?
0: Uh, I've been working in CRM for six months now. I just graduated um, with my undergrad degree uh, from the University of Louisville in December. So I'm a newbie. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's awesome. That's really good. It's, it's uh, not too uh, common that you hear somebody found a job even before they graduated. And now you're still working for that company. That's fantastic that they gave you that opportunity.
0: Yeah, it's a great uh, small woman owned business and um, I got really lucky, you know, in the end it's all about who you know. So uh, one of the grad students in the classes, class I was taking offered me some part time work and it just grew from there.
1: Nice, nice. Well, I think I know the answer to this next question, but I'll ask it anyway. Um, <laughs> What position do you usually have in CRM, and what is the highest position you've ever held?
0: Right. Well, I usually hold field tech, and um, the highest I've ever had is field (laughs) tech.
1: Right. (laughs) That is as expected. I would be surprised if your answer was anything else. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And so... I know working in the Midwest and working in the East Coast, this answer, even though you've only been doing this for six months, Mm -hmm. could have um, uh, uh, various answers, but where have you worked?
0: Um, Well, I've only worked in CRM in Kentucky, uh, but during my years in undergrad, I was very lucky that I got to attend an academic dig twice in Portugal for two seasons, and then um, I also worked... With a nonprofit organization, Afar, on an archaeological dig in Belize. So, those were both like non CRM work jobs, but they really got me ahead in um, my experience. So, that's an, you know another reason why I've been having some pretty solid work for six months.
1: Awesome. That sounds yeah. really good. Does the company you work for, I assume they do work outside of Kentucky normally?
0: Um, they do, but, uh, we usually try to bid on contracts only in Kentucky so that they can just keep us all local. Um, yeah, so, uh, I'm looking forward to being able to travel, although I might regret that when I travel.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. That's got its own uh, ups and downs for sure. Yeah. Um, all right. So what is the best thing that's happened to you that's related to being an archaeologist?
0: Um... Oh, uh, related to being an archaeologist. Um, well, I met my partner who I'm with right now uh, through archaeology on my very first dig. So, uh, you know, he might kick me if I don't say that. But um, <laughs> not just, having all these amazing experiences, really, um, I get to do what I love. And I, honestly, through undergrad, I'd, the first two years I was taking archaeology, I thought I'd be, you know, working at Walmart after this. But um mm-hmm. I've been able to travel the world and um, learn a ton. So, I right now just being an archaeologist is the best thing that's happened to me.
1: Nice. Well, I hope you can keep it up because that's where I mean a lot of people get into this and then they get burned out for one reason or another. So, it's hopefully you can you can keep it going through the good times and the bad because there oh, yeah. there will be those yeah in CRM. There's always going to be those times where you just get frustrated, but you got to push through it and find something else.
0: Yeah, I can tell I've I've really lucked out on my experiences so far.
1: Right, right. So in your uh short mm-hmm. span so far, um, what is the biggest thing that you would change that would make being a CRM archaeologist better from what you've seen already?
0: Um I think uh I don't know if <laughs> this is reaching too far, but uh I guess I would really just challenge um leaders of companies or just, you know, crew chiefs or anything, anything like that, uh, just to be honest with themselves and trying to challenge, uh, their everyday leadership and communication skills, because I, I feel like not just from my experiences, but from other people's that I've talked to and heard that, um, it's just kind of lacking the public outreach, the communication, uh, the leadership towards, you know, people like me, how I really, you know. I don't know what I'm doing, so if I'm doing something wrong, you got to tell me otherwise I'm just going to keep doing it wrong. And um not only CRM professionals but also academia, I think that really needs to be pushed to professors and um I know that they only really get a credit or acknowledged when, you know, they win big grants. But I think it's really starting to take off that public outreach is definitely something that we all need to be doing as anthropologists. So I would love to see that, and I think it would make um, everyone's jobs easier. But definitely, field technicians all around's jobs much easier if we just got, you know, some more communication and some really great leaders in the field.
1: Well, I hope people listening to this that have been that are that are crew chiefs and project archaeologists can understand the. Amazing insightfulness that you've just had after only being in this field for six months, and and can see that that is one of the biggest problems that I've noticed throughout my entire career. And yeah. you know, I was I was in the Navy. I got I got like formal quote unquote leadership training,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, I get that from the Civil Air Patrol now. And uh, it's just the. It's the biggest downside to CRM I think is is the leadership. And that's not to say people can't be potentially good leaders. They just haven't had the training in it and they just don't recognize yeah what what elite. they need to do, right?
0: Um I I was really lucky uh, throughout high school and uh that's why I came to America. I'm from New Zealand. I came to America to row for college. And uh yeah. so I got just a ton solid 9 years of leadership yeah. experience. Um Yeah uh before my 22nd birthday so i've you know i really come into this uh profession and i'm i'm a bit shocked honestly <laughs> that there are just people in such high positions and
1: yeah it's not to say they're not they're not bad people they just need more training in in actual leadership yeah
0: brilliant brilliant minds but right I agree. <laughs>
1: Okay. So what is your career goal in CRM? And I'd like to put this on the calendar and like ask you the same question in a year and then in five years <laughs> to see how that changes. But right now, what's your career goal? Where do you want to see yourself ending up later on?
0: I mean, shoot for the stars. I mean, I'd love to own my own business one day, but uh, I really haven't uh, scratched out academia at all. So um, I'd love to go back and get my master's and hopefully my PhD. Um uh, my dad's my role model and he was a communication professor, so I'm kind of constantly going for the academic route just you know, from that standpoint, I grew up with it. Uh, but yeah, if I stayed with CRM, I would love to be in one of those higher high leadership positions one day and or even open my own business. That just all sounds like right up my alley, really, really exciting to me.
1: Awesome. And it's sort of a parallel question to that. Since you're from New Zealand originally, do you see yourself sticking it out here in the United States for a while? Or do you have a desire to go back to New Zealand and work contract archaeology there? Because I actually don't know anything about contract archaeology in, in New Zealand.
0: Oh, they have a great job market. They do. Nice. Well, if my mom's listening, I would say, yes, of course, I'm coming home. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, right. Oh, it's such a tough question right now. Because uh, I really do um, love living and working in the United States. Uh, But yeah, the archaeology over in New Zealand is really interesting. And um, they've got just some great graduate programs, great CRM firms. So really just have to see where it takes me.
1: Nice. I like it. All right. Last question. So since you're a a recent graduate and you've got a little bit of experience now, if you could give an undergrad thinking about CRM, they haven't quite made their decision yet, uh, one piece of advice, what would it be?
0: One piece of advice would be to don't be afraid to ask questions. Uh, I think I was I was absolutely terrified in my freshman year to go up to my professor and ask questions about um, I don't know my career opportunities or where I could get uh, some help outside of school. And it this sounds really silly, but it really took me like until the very end of the class to even approach him and say, hi, I really enjoyed your class. Uh, Do you know where I could learn more about this? (laughs) And um, he says, yeah, it sounds like you uh, really enjoyed it. Uh, Would you like to come to Portugal with us this semester and dig and get some field experience? And I was like, "Uh, yes. (laughs) So... (laughs) Like, you know, that really, that took me six months to ask that question and look at the opportunities that came out of it. And so from then on, I kind of just had to tell myself, you know, you can't be scared to approach these people you know, they're probably just going to be flattered that you enjoy their work and you're not going to be an annoying undergraduate by (laughs) asking them a ton of questions. And even if you are, you know, the worst that they can say is, all right, I've got nothing for you. (laughs) But um. So, yeah, I just kind of went out and uh, every person I met, I just, you know, asked their advice on going into CRM, going straight into a graduate degree, Uh, pretty much any question that I could ever think of, I'd ask it and then write it down. And so that's just gotten me so much good information. And um, it's really, yeah, it's really just where I am right now is because of just going out and asking questions.
1: All right, we're here with Jordan Harbinger from theartofcharm.com again, and we're gonna talking about the Art of Charm podcasts. And over the last month, we've had some people write in and comment about the Art of Charm, and they want to know a little more about it. So Jordan, can you tell us a little more about what they can find on your podcasts?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I know that the term sort of like networking and relationship development is all vague and everything. So basically, we focus on a lot of things, very broad topics. Our toolkits are focused on things like body language, eye contact, vocal tonality, business networking, negotiation, relationship management, et cetera. But we also branch into other topics like, I had a guy on the show named Brad Salas, a guest, and he talked about millennials and how they can relate to their bosses better, uh, their boomer bosses, and how boomer bosses can relate to the new millennials better. Because as you can see in workplaces, those are guys are butting heads and it's, kids are so dumb these days, and it's old people don't get it. And it's just like, if we can bridge that gap, we can be more productive. So we gave a lot of practical exercises and steps to use that. We've also talked about how to burn fat while you're working with weird things like treadmill desks and being cold while you're working in the office to burn calories while you're just sort of being you working all day. And we we cover hundreds of other things, but those are two kind of concrete examples of it.
1: Hey, and these are real-world things you can use. I've actually turned the temperature down in my home office because of that podcast uh, about just being cold because it's something you can do that's easy.
2: Yeah, and there's plenty of guys out there listening to the show who bought these weird ice vests and they're sitting there freezing right now but, you know, losing weight doing it. So we're weirdos, but we assume we're in good company.
1: That's right. Well, you can check out more from The Art of Charm at theartofcharm.com and you can check out the podcasts on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and everywhere you download podcasts. Thank you. Show notes for this and all episodes can be found on the Archaeology Podcast Network website at wwwarchaeologypodcastnetworkcom forward slash profiles. At that page, you'll also find a form that you can fill out so you can be interviewed on the show. Interviews take less than 30 minutes and you don't need any special equipment. Thanks for listening and I'll see you in the field.
0: This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archaeologypodcastnetwork.com. Contact us at chris@archaeologypodcastnetwork.com.